Now, the best books are made up of stories. And let's face it, the best stories are about bouncing back from failure. I'm Anna David, obsessed with books, a New York Times bestselling author, and the CEO of Legacy Launchpad Publishing. And I only achieved those things because I picked myself up again after failing and found my way to success. And that makes me uniquely qualified to get the best stories about failure and success out of other people. Failure is always a learning experience. So after six months, I told him that I Googled sociopath and he had all of the symptoms and I found myself out of job. At that time, it was supposed to be a side hustle. Well, the side hustle started to make far more money than the real hustle. So I, after six months, I, I quit my job. Welcome to Fail Your Way to Success. Welcome to Fail Your Way to Success, the podcast that celebrates both your failures, its own failures, and the failures of its guests. I'm your host, Anna David. Failed a lot. Today's failure to success story is one of my favorites, even though obviously they're all my favorites. So how many people do you know who, while working in banking, thought, you know what, I'd rather be a janitor? Well, I know one, and he's my guest in this episode. John Disselkamp found that suit he had to wear just a bit too tight, so he left it literally to push a broom. The broom turned into a $10 million a year company with over 300 employees. So how did he do it and what were his failures along the way? More importantly, what constitutes a failure? Is it working in a job that doesn't fulfill you or but making money? And how can you have both? This is also an episode so good, by the way, that when I tried to come up with the best quote to promote the episode, I couldn't narrow it down to one quote. I had to pick four. So I'm just going to give them to you. I started, it started with just me cleaning for 600 bucks a month. And now we have roughly 300 team members and do a little over 10 million a year. That was quote one, quote two. I quickly realized my ability to clean wasn't going to get us very far and that the real business I'm in is the people business. Third, some of the best businesses are just doing common things uncommonly right. And here's the final quote, Fortune 5,000 companies, Fortune 500 companies, Sorry, I fucked it up. Fortune 500 companies may put a ping pong table in the break room or sit outside for lunch and think that's going to change culture when really culture comes down to one-on-one relationships and building trust and genuinely giving a shit about your people. Anyway, we got into all of that and more in this episode, and now I give you John Disselkamp. So you have one of the more interesting origin stories I've heard. You're working in, first of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, So you are working, you're like a suit, and you decide, you know what, I'd be much happier as a janitor. Explain that, please. (laughs) Everybody asks that question. Um, Yeah, so it's a a little bit longer story, but um, I I was in the the banking world for uh, about 12 years. So out of college, I worked for... uh, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, by the way, and uh, went to the University of Kentucky, got a business degree, came home, uh, worked for about a year for an accounting firm, healthcare consulting company. Um, Realized I didn't want to sit in front of a calculator the rest of my life and do taxes. Um, Want to interact with people a little more. Got a job at uh, at a regional bank uh, based here. Was in the, on the commercial side of things uh, in the banking world. So worked with businesses like 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 mine. Um, and uh did that for you know almost uh 12 years um 
at first in my twenties, I was hustling and working a lot and, and, uh, worked my way up through the bank and, and, uh, you know, I kind of liked that a little bit in, in the beginning cause I was hustling and they're willing to, the bank I worked for was willing to reward people that, uh, were willing to work hard. I was single and so working a lot of hours and everything. So, um, so that said, um, but towards the maybe second half of my career in banking, I just, you know, I wasn't happy. I was, I was uh, struggling quite a bit with, uh, uh, stuff that I've struggled with uh, since I was a child with anxiety and, and, uh, some pretty severe depression and, um, and, you know, went through a whole 15 year period of dealing with, uh, um, in and out of doctors and therapists and all that stuff. And, you know, I think part looking back now, I think I was trying to put, you know, a square peg in a round hole and just kept trying to do that saying I should be doing this or that or whatever. Um, when in you know reality it just wasn't my thing right i always tell people that suit felt a little tight so to speak you know um and so i decided to to you know i was still single and i was 35 years old and i decided to to make a change and i uh kind of had a little early midlife crisis if you will and i moved to fort lauderdale florida i uh, lived by the beach for about five months didn't know a soul down there um and it was a pretty low point in my life, but at the, towards the end of it, um, I didn't work much while I was down there. Um, I, uh, met my now wife at, at, at a bar in Fort Lauderdale and she's a Florida girl from Florida. Um, and she was down there visiting friends. She's from the Tampa Bay area. And, you know, so ended up being a blessing, moved back, uh, home, moved in with my mom at 35 years old because my house was being rented out, um, uh, Cause I rented a, my house out to a family for a year, but I came back with five months later. Um, so I was basically homeless living with my mom, no money to my name, probably $20,000 of credit card debt, no retirement or anything. And, uh, and I was FaceTiming with some random girl in Florida and it was either, you know, go work for another bank or do this clean thing. I've been thinking about doing, I had a customer when I was with the bank that was a Janet's world company. And that kind of made me, start thinking about it and what I, what I liked about the business and what I tell people is that, you know, if you, if you do what you say you're going to do, you work hard, you treat people well, you're halfway good at building relationships, you can succeed in this business. Um, and if you care about your people and put them first, you can, you can have some success. And I found that to be true, you know, next month will be eight years since I started and found that to be true eight years later. Um, and so it started with just me getting a two day a week, uh, account that I was cleaning myself and pulled my dad in. He helped, uh, for 600 bucks a month. And I didn't have any overhead cause I was living with my mom. So I could afford to take the leap without having to like do a day job and start this thing at night. So I just kind of went all in and, you know, one, like I like to say one toilet at a time, one customer at a time kind of grew it over the last, uh, know eight years or so and now we have roughly 330 uh, uh w2 employees team members um and and serve uh you know about five million square feet per night you know mostly larger commercial facilities and, and medical so long long answer huh Green answer. what's your revenue um we're, we're about we're about 10 million a little bit over 10 million right now not bad from $600 a month, huh? Um, I never thought it would, it would come to this. Yeah, I got a really, we, we, I got a really good team and, a, um, yeah, really good people. 
okay, I want to unpack one part. So you're working um, in banking, you're miserable. Um, you go to Fort Lauderdale for four months. How do you get the $20,000 in debt and all of that and, and renting out your house to make money from this kind of like relatively like sort of successful life that you had? How, how, how did that happen? How did I get rid of the debt? No. How'd you get into the debt when it was like kind of, you were like an upstanding dude. You're like working oh, a boring suit job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I just, uh, I was struggling in life, yeah. you know, personally. And, and uh, you know, I just wasn't a great saver. And, yeah. uh, um, and you know. I was a, you know, partied on the weekends and, uh, probably spent too much money and I wasn't like crazy spending like on really big things. It was just little things here and there. And, uh, of course living in Florida for five months when you're not really working, uh, can bleed some, uh, some money there too. Um, so it was a combination of those things. Um, yeah. And looking at it through the lens of success and failure, would you say in the outside world you had achieved success? It was just kind of not working internally. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. And then, and so then what would you say? So, so it's kind of an interesting idea. So you're successful, but it's also a failure because it's not fulfilling you. You're feeling the suit's too tight. Um, and then you come back, you're back, you're in mom's house. Your dad's working for you $600 a month what's the next, how do you get from there to where you are today? What happened next? A lot of hard work um, and a lot of really, really good people that are, that are smarter than me. And, and, uh, but, uh, you know, um, did that one for a little bit and uh, eventually got the five day a week contract for that, for that office building um, doing the common areas of it. And then went from 600 to 1400 bucks a month. Um, and then, you know, probably three, four months in, there was a building around the corner from there, uh, that I got, that was a five night a week contract for 1300 bucks a month or whatever it was, um, and started cleaning that. And then I would go in and I would, I would, I would clean and figure out how long it took to clean. So then I could hire somebody to tell them how long it takes. And I knew where everything was in the building. So they couldn't get anything over on me either. Uh, and then I, you know, got a couple, couple good breaks, uh, with some, uh, some jobs out in the suburbs of Louisville, some class A office buildings, uh, a couple, couple big ones in particular that really kind of got me going and got my, got my start with some larger buildings. And, um, and then it's been just kind of a snowball effect from there. And, uh, you know, just been, you know, building relationships, you know, in the city, I've been involved with the facility manager association, the building owners association, those type of things. I, I relied a lot on other people in the industry that have been successful before me and got their advice. And, and, and because in the beginning, I didn't know what a mop was. So I'd call them. I didn't know what kind of floor, like, you know, one time the, the owner of the building, you know, he's like, what, you know, what, what should we use on this floor? Like, what do you think is the best chemical for it? And I was like, you know, probably water, probably just water. You know, I didn't know. And I went back and called the guy. I was like, took a picture. I was like, what do I do with this floor? So like, I had no idea what I was doing, but, um, you know, and then I quickly realized my ability to clean wasn't going to, wasn't going to get us very far. And, um, that realized that the real business I'm in is in the people business, uh, very people heavy, right. You know, for a $10 million business, 330, you know, team members is a lot. Right. So, 
you know, how good of a leader people I was going to be was going to be the biggest thing that would affect whether we were going to build something or not. Well, because that was sort of my question. So when you get this idea, I'd rather be, you know, for for lack of a better way of saying it, pushing a mop. It wasn't that cleaning excited you. It was anything but this tight suit, kind of. Yeah, and I always felt like I had a entrepreneurial personality, itch, whatever you want to call it. I always talked to my buddies at, at, at the bank. I, you know, I'd love to love to start a business one day. You know, wasn't very creative, obviously. Picked a, wasn't a novel idea, cleaning, but, um, but yeah, it just you know, it, it's just it's something that, um, I like that the simplicity of the business and that you know I've, I've always loved the saying you know some of the best businesses and stuff are doing you know i think i told you the other day doing you know uh common things uncommonly well right and i felt like when it, if it comes down to how good of relationships and communication and service um and and being a leader i felt like i had some some strengths there so so it almost didn't matter what the business was no no not necessarily no, but I, but I've, I've I've grown to love the business and love the industry and love the people in the industry and I've become very close with uh, other uh, owners and across the country and involved in associations and spoken at different events and stuff and um, so I've grown to love it. But yeah, you're right. I, it wasn't um, it wasn't, wasn't like I was dying to do a cleaning company. It just ended up being the thing that kind of matched you know my strengths, I guess. <laughs> it wasn't your passion for which cleanser to use on the floor. Whether Absolutely not. No, I mean, my mom was making fun of me because I wasn't necessarily the cleanest guy. So like, right. it was kind of funny that I started a cleaning company. So, well, yeah. And we talked, we did talk about this when we talked before, um, I, you know, I, I live in Los Angeles where everybody is uh, glamorous and broke. And, um, and so I didn't know, I didn't, my mentor started off as a carpet cleaner. And now he's, you know, got the biggest mastermind in the world. And the Joe Polish. Yes. Yes. Did you, did you you kind of rise at the same time or you were a little after him because he was. Yeah. A little after. Yeah. A little after. Yeah. I know of Joe. I don't know Joe, but I know of him. Yeah. He's the best. Um, and and um, and then I told you I had a a client who has a, a cleaning franchise and and I, I didn't know until I met Joe and he introduced me to his community that, yeah, it's it's doing the common things uncommonly well. Those are the people that are hiring the glamorous broke people. <laughs> I, I just, you know, Los Angeles, just you live in a bubble. Anna here. Now, are you an entrepreneur who wants to write and publish a book about your own failures turned successes? Well, good news. That's what my company, Legacy Launchpad, does. Find out more at LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. That's LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. Now, should you do a book, you ask? I think so. Why? Because you're worth it. Now back to the show. Um. So how did you learn? Well, okay. What have your failures been, would you say, between, um, you know, you start this business, it is where it is today. It's very easy to look and go, oh, I'm sure that it was just this upward trajectory, but business is never like that. So what have some of your failures been along the way? Yeah, so, um, you know, a lot, Um, you know, prior to to starting the company, I guess you could say I was failing at (laughs) 
it, it depends on how you look at it, right? I was struggling, but I, you know, I guess failing in certain certain areas of my life. Uh, um, yeah, and I've had you know I've had many many days where uh, I've gone to my wife and you know cried or said I don't want to do this anymore. You know, especially in the beginning when it was late nights and all that. Um, you know, I, I think as far as since I've started the business, um, you know, some mistakes or failures that I've had have been you know. Um, hiring good people and then maybe having to let them go because I didn't have the time to put the, um, to put into them and, and invest in them. Um, I needed some people that could, could, you know, work on their own and, and not need a lot of handholding and stuff like that. So that, that those were some tough things. Um, you know, I have, um, during COVID, um, uh, the whole, you know, everybody in the world wanted their offices disinfected and, you know, you get in your, you know, we got, we had guys in our Ghostbuster suits and, and, uh, electrostatic sprayers. And, you know, it was a, it was kind of like the wild, wild west. And I, and I, I've been pretty good. You know, I kind of believe you try to stick with what you're good at and not, you know, people get shiny object syndrome, especially entrepreneurs like me. And, and I've done pretty good of kind of keeping that at bay, but during COVID, um, you know, I started doing some marketing in other cities online to try to, you know, sell uh, um, these, you know, uh, disinfecting jobs. And I had people in those cities that would do the work and but ended up um, being somewhat of a failure. I mean, we probably broke even altogether on disinfection services. Um, and I I was and got my eye off the ball a little bit. I think that was, you know, kind of a micro failure within the whole thing. Mm. So it's sort of like stay in your lane, don't go, don't, because you're, are you just in your state? Yeah, so we're in, uh, we're in Louisville, which, you know, about population, about a million people, and then Lexington, which is about an hour down the road in Kentucky. We we do have some aspirations to grow a little bit regionally, um, but right now we're in just Louisville and Lexington currently. And so you thought, well, this is, it sure seems like it would be a good idea, uh, the disinfect let's go disinfect and so you kind of got sales reps or whatever in other places and it was just kind of well it was, it was companies and other places like friends of mine that had cleaning companies so i'd try to get the job and then subcontract it out to them or whatever but then i realized that it, it, we had to do a bunch of a volume and probably would have had to got got to get in the call center business and that just wasn't our thing, you know, you know, getting a bunch of people to answer calls and try to sell stuff. And yeah. that's just got away from what really what our strengths are. Yeah. Yeah. Cause your referral pretty much, it sounds like, you know, one company's really happy and then they say, Oh, you got to call, got to call John's company or whoever they talk about it. And and that's really how it works. Yeah. It's referrals. It's uh, it's just, it's, it's hustling. It's cold calls. It's chasing uh certain business. Uh, my first big customer, uh, you know, came from a cold call. Um, and then, you know, ended up being, it's, it's one of our top three or four customers now. And it was my first like big, you know, eight story, 200,000 square foot building. And now we do, you know, a few other really, really nice buildings for them. So uh, some of it was just picking up the phone and calling some of our biggest customers. So that's where it came from. That's interesting. Steve Jobs, there's this video of Steve Jobs talking about how he called up uh, Bob Hewlett, Hewlett Packard. Um, and when he was kid, it was like, Hey, can I come work for you? And he said the, the, uh, 
the benefits of a cold call are real, really under success is those, those people who are willing, I'm not willing to do a cold call. So I, I am, you know, standing in opposition to my advice, but tell me about that. So you were like, I want this business or how, how did you, you picked up the phone? What'd you say? Yeah. So I knew there, I knew there, um, and just being in the, in the banking world, I kind of knew who the players were in the commercial real estate world. Right. Um, and, uh, the local company, it's one of the more prominent locally based commercial real estate property management companies. And, you know, I, I didn't actually know anybody there. And so I looked up on their website and went under meet our team and found out the guy, Greg, that was over property management. And then I called the main number there, asked for him, got his voicemail, left him a message. He didn't call back, called him about four days later, left a message. He didn't call back, did it again a week later. Then call back, and then like three weeks later, I'm sitting on the couch with my wife on uh, Friday afternoon. He calls, "Hey, John, it's Craig. Sorry, I took me so long to get back with you. Yeah, I'm happy to meet. You know, blah blah. blah. We met, and then I went home and I was like, you know, told my wife, you know, maybe two years before we get something. And then like two months later, they had issues with their cleaning company at their largest building, and uh, which was way bigger than anything I've done before. And and uh, I said, yeah, we'll do it. And then, you know, we had to start in 30 days and figured it out. And, you know, we, I hired, onboarded, filled out paperwork and everything, IDs, everything for like 12 cleaners to start. It was a pretty big building the first day. And I was going to manage it. I had no idea what I was doing. Four people showed up out of the 12. And so I was there until probably two, three in the morning for the first two weeks every night, checking every garbage can in the whole building. We, 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 we figured it out. And then, um, they gave us some more business from there. And then once we had those, we can use that as kind of a portfolio builder to say, Hey, we clean these buildings. And, wow. um, that's kind of, he's been a good resource and referral source for us too. So yeah, it's kind of how that happened. And what have you learned, you know, since, since you said it's not, it's not your skill for cleaning that has attributed, you can attribute your success to what have you learned about leadership and people and, all of that that you think has been so important for your business? You know, I, I don't think it's anything uh, sexy or anything like that. I think uh, it comes down to culture, but what does culture mean? Well, you know, I think a lot of, uh, and not not everybody, but a lot of, you know, Fortune 500 companies, for example, you know, they, the executives, uh, you know, may put a ping pong table in the break room or you know, sit outside for lunch and think that's going to change culture when, Really, culture comes down to one-on-one relationships and building trust, um, and and genuinely, you know, genuinely giving a shit about your your people, right? Not not faking it because people know if you're being genuine or not. So you you have to really care about people, and and really, you know, and build a relationship with them does not mean just learning about them. It means telling them about you, you know, so they feel like they know you as well, and. Uh, I think it comes down to the simple things. It's having those one-on-one conversations, getting to know them. You know what what motivates you, what's important to you. Why are you why are you doing a part-time cleaning job on the side? Are you trying to meet certain goals? Are you trying to you know? Um, but I think it comes down to just putting your people first and not looking at them as a way to make a profit or an, or a line item on a on a on a profit loss statement, um, and to also not get jaded when you have some bad ones and then not treat the next person that walks in the door like oh they're all the same and that happens that can happen a lot in our industry with high turnover and stuff so 
it's just actually just given, you know, excuse the language, just giving a shit about your about about your people and and generally, uh, we have a, we have a saying we tell our managers, you know, before before you ask them to go uh, pick up a mop, ask them how their family's doing, you know. So it, it's it's relationships, and and I think in business with customers is all about relationships too. So. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm kind of reminded of, you know, that anecdote about uh, the first time JFK went to NASA, he saw a janitor. Um, and was I'm like, trying to get the guy on the moon. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Try, yeah. Working to get a guy on the moon. Um, and so, so what are your, okay, this has been amazing. Um, if you were to, you know, I'm in the book business, write a book about, uh, your journey from you know suit swimming a broom to running this business what what would it what would what would be the message you would want to put out there perseverance you know um just personally and i still struggle you know mightily at times with with depression and, and other things so um you know it's yeah, I, I would say it, it comes down to perseverance and persistence. Um, and, uh, you know, I would say a lot of people probably are in a, a job that they don't they don't like or they're stuck in it, stuck in it because they're really, really good at it. It's not something that they really or, you know, enjoy. So therefore, they think they should do that. And they're scared to take a chance and take a leap and do something different or start their own business. So for anybody that's thought about starting their own business or feel like they have that entrepreneurial personality, I think, uh, you know, I think the the message is, you know, sometimes you just got to jump in and what do they say? Jump off a cliff and build a plane on the way down. And um, sometimes you have to do that if you want to kind of change your life and then you're going to hit bumps in the road and you just got to keep, you know, I don't, I don't really have a, a great answer because I still, still struggle. And, and, um, you know, having three kids and that are, you know, two-year-old twins and a four-year-old, um, it's been challenging the last couple of years between the sleep and energy and all that. And, uh, um, but I've been very, very fortunate to build a great team with great people that have my back and, and, uh, um, but yeah, but to just to delve a little bit into the depression because i bet you anybody listening can can relate to that um how do what what are your coping skills when it comes up um what do you do yeah i, I don't i don't know if i'm the best person to answer that or not i don't know i uh i know the things to do but sometimes when you're in it it's it's easier said than done um I'm somebody that needs my sleep. Uh, and for me, sleep is, is probably the most important thing. If that goes well, the other, the other dominoes kind of fall into place. If I don't get the proper sleep, um, I actually will take a nap here at the office or whatever and try to, uh, if I need to. Um, so I got a, like a mini couch in here. Um, so for me, it's, it's, I know what to do, but I don't always do it. So I don't know if I'm the best example, but, um, but I guess one thing I do is just keep keep moving forward and not give up hope that there's a, you know, that I can feel better, will feel better. And not every day is bad, of course, but, you know, um, 
but yeah, I mean, I know the things to do. I just don't always do them. And um, so. Um, my cat really felt that that was worth jumping up on the table for. Um, <laughs> are your tips for bouncing back from failure similar to your tips from back, bouncing back from depression? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Just um, persevere um, and do the things. Well, what are the things that you're supposed to do that you're saying you don't always do them? Uh, you know, like self-care stuff, like eat healthy, exercise, um, you know, um, talk to yourself like you would a friend, right? Those type of things. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, th those type of things, right? So those things don't come naturally to me. Um, I live in the Midwest where Midwest, South, where, you know, there's maybe one healthy food place in the entire city. And there's 8 billion McDonald's and everything else. And so it's, uh, I'm not making excuses. It's just, you know, that's part of the environment here, right? But that's where California and other places do better than us, um, where it's more commonplace there, right? Um, like a bar kids school, like very close to our house. Like there was a building, a bank that closed. And I'm like, all right, man, I hope they open a, whatever, a core life or a place that's like, you know, that can provide, a, you know, healthy eating or whatever other than just at home and uh and they put it on taco bell right so it's like yeah you know, yeah i will tell you the one meal I, I was in louisville for one night and we went out to dinner um charming little place and i was with a friend who's a vegan and so we had to get the one vegan thing on the menu was vegan pizza it was bread with red sauce on it and just like well wait a second here has no one ever ordered vegan here before um that was my meal probably not probably not um yeah. so well john thank you so much this has been delightful is there anything i haven't asked you that you want to add for anybody who feels like they are failing or they want inspiration for bouncing back from failure um yeah i, I would say you know especially for people that are starting their business but this could apply to life too but like i guess one thing i've done is like I had some really, really hard nights and uh, where I wanted to quit early on um, where it's, you know, somebody called out and it was two in the morning and I had to go out and clean or do whatever. Um, and fortunately, we have people that do that now and I don't have to buy and clean, obviously, at night. But I think it's you have to have some grit and you have to have a little bit of toughness when it when it comes to not giving up too easy because anything in life, especially when it comes to business, like to succeed, you kind of have to keep falling down and getting back up, keep falling down and getting back up and not quitting when it seems like the easiest thing to do or the thing, you know, um, because business, run your own business and own your own business and all that. It's, it's tougher than, than maybe some people think. Right. Um, and it takes, and if I look at other successful business owners or entrepreneurs, most of them have a little of that that little, that grit in them that when you're down they're still like got you know some more in them right um i think you have to you have to have that fabulous fabulous well thank you so much don and thanks thank you anna i really appreciate you inviting me thanks for listening to fail your way to success 
Now, if there's anything I love more than a failure to success story, it's a review. So I hope you'll think about leaving one. For more information about the show, go to failyourway.com. And for more information about publishing a book about how you failed your way to success, or just to find out more about what I do, go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. <laughs>